0: This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen and the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen.
1: Father, I thank You for this day, and I thank You for Your Holy Spirit. I thank You for Your presence. I thank you that you have showed up in every service, and Lord, now I'm asking you, show up in this one. May your name be glorified, and may your power be upon us, in Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. All right, guys, let's begin with what the word says, all right then. Now, I love the way it says this. We've said it two weeks now, running, all right then. In other words, God's saying, if you won't listen, let this be a sign to you. All right then, get it. So this guy's on his way to his death. And this king knows there's no way he's going to be saved. And Isaiah steps up and says, ask God for a sign you're going to live. And he goes, I won't ask God for a sign. He says, no, ask God for a sign you're going to live. And he says, I'm not going to do it. He says, well, all right then, this will be a sign to you. Okay? The Lord himself will give you the sign. Look. The virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And I can't help but think about that king because once he hears this, he's revitalized and it's a beautiful uh, story because he knows that the promise of the Messiah has to come through his life and he's not yet created that offspring to bring that promise forth and so he knows he's going to live But there's even more beauty to this moment than that because he knows that his death is written. He knows that the story is all laid out and he sees no way out of it. I think it's amazing how we write stories in our own world sometimes. I mean, our stories and our lives, they don't go according to what we think they're going to be. And as we're watching these stories unfold, most of the time we would probably do it differently. Now, I want to bring you a message today in my my original text that I thought we'd just start with. with, is a scripture that says, and Joseph sought to divorce Mary privately. And I want to talk to you about divorce on Christmas Sunday. It's funny, every pastor who asked me what I was preaching on on Christmas Sunday, and I said, I'm going to preach on divorce, all well. Stay with me. I want to talk to you, though, briefly about the story that you write. We all have these mental images of what our, our, our lives are supposed to be. And matter of fact, this is a really good week for that as an example. We all have this image of what our trip's going to be, or what our, our travel time's going to be like, or what Christmas morning is going to be like, okay? Now, how many of you have had that mental image just to have your children wake up and shatter it all to pieces? For example, my daughter asked for this supersonic, su- huge, massive dollhouse one time. You know, it had 344 pieces. And there were instructions on how to assemble 339 of them. When you're asking your wife to bring you the hacksaw, you know you're probably not in the right place on the instructions. But I worked. So she's like, you've got to go to bed. And I was like, I'm almost there. And I'm like hammering stuff together, you know. It's supposed to snap together. And And when I'm done, there's like this six foot tall Barbie house. And this was my image the whole time is I can see my little girl wake up in the morning. She comes out and sees this, this, this gigantic Barbie dream house. And all I can see her do is the smile on her face. And then in my mind, this is what she would do. She would turn from the dream house and go, oh, Papa, it's wonderful. Out she comes. Like the dream house isn't even there. This is not going according to plan. She finds some things she's been trying to figure out because she couldn't shake it and figure it out. And that was her gift to know what was in every gift and under every wrapping. And she unwraps that and throws it to the side, unwraps something else and throws it to the side. And then I'm telling you, she walks right back past the giant dream house and finds the box to it behind the couch and spends the rest of the day inside the box. I tell my wife, that's a hundred and fifty dollar cardboard box right there. And she plays and it did not go according to the plan. You see, I had written a script for the morning and the script got thrown out the window. And I think that most of us do that in our lives. We write a script for what our life is supposed to be like. We write a script for where we're supposed to be, the stage of life we're supposed to be in, what things are supposed to be accomplished at this stage of life. And and, and we're not supposed to be where we are. And our lives get all messed up because they get off script. And all we want is for things to go according to plan. And, and, you know, sometimes we have to realize something that though it may not be going according to our plan, there is an author who is also a finisher of our faith. And he is working and he is writing for our good if we will simply stay the course and not divorce our destiny. See, God's working. For our good. He's doing something amazing, and things get off script far too often. Now to show you the beauty of the script that God was writing. And many times when I'm re- reading the Bible, I mean I can tell you I-, I would not have I would not have written the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego the way it turned out. I want you to know this is how I would have written the story. They would have come against them and said, If you don't kneel. Then we're going to throw you in the furnace. And I would have saw, saw them say, I will honor God. Kind of looked like one of those Avengers movies. You know what I'm talking about? I will honor God. And they had this giant golden you know, golden statue out in the middle of the desert. And the moment they planted their feet, the, the golden statue would have melted before them. Sounds a lot better, doesn't it? Right? And everybody's like... Wow. And anybody who rose up against them, they melt too. (laughs) And everything works out for the good. But you see, God had a better story that has encouraged generations and After thousands of generations, it seems, of people, because God wrote a story that's so much better, they had to go through the fire, but in the middle of the fire, on God's story, they found that the author and the finisher was writing something that would cause people to rejoice because we're all going to go through the fire, but God's working for our good. What if they had divorced their destiny and said, oh, well, we give in, we bow. you see... I want to share with you two stories that are 1,100 years apart and 27 generations apart that really show the importance of getting on script with God. There's the story of a young woman. We're studying the fact that God is with us, and that's really what makes the story worth living. And the story is found in Ruth chapter 2, and, and I'll tell you more about her maybe in just a moment. Ruth chapter 2, this is how the story goes forth. It says, now, Naomi had a relative on her husband's side. Her husband's dead. Her sons are dead. And, and but there, So she needs what the scripture called a kinsman redeemer. Okay? And this man was a man of standing from the clan of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabite said to Naomi, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favor. Naomi... The mother-in-law says to Ruth, the daughter-in-law, go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and she entered a field and began to glean behind the harvesters. Can I tell you, this is not what Ruth thought she would be doing at this stage of her life. At this stage of her life, she thought she'd be living in Moab next to her mom with her mom helping her raise her child. And she's she's in a whole different country going through a whole different set of situations than she could ever imagine. She's trying not to starve to death. And she's like, well, let me just go out and at least gather up the extra that they dropped. And as it turned out, she was working in a field belonging to the kinsman redeemer, to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. And I want you to notice the words he says because this is the pickup line he uses on Ruth and ends up marrying her. Are you ready for this? Can I just go ahead and tell you, single people, this is not a good pickup line. The Lord is with you. You know what? If you walk up to some random person in work or in a mall or somewhere and you go, look, God's with you. I can tell you they are not going to end up with you. It might work for you in church a little bit, but probably not. You see, as they go into this moment, he stands up and he wants to compliment the moment. And the way he compliments the moment is he says this. He says, God's with you. God is with you. And what he's saying to her actually starts this love journey that ends up with him marrying her and all these beautiful things that occur in their life together. And it starts this journey. But the way he starts the journey, he says this. He says, you're not alone. God's with you. And what does that say to her? It says to her, you might feel alone, but guess what? If God's with you, everything's going to work out for the good. That's how he starts the conversation. He doesn't start the conversation by saying, oh, who are you? And trying to use some, you know, what you doing? Some of you go, it work for me, but nothing didn't work for him. How you do it? You know what I'm saying? All right. It didn't work for him. Instead, he went past all of that and said, you're going to be all right because God's with you. It's going to work out for your good because God's with you. And can I tell you, he didn't know how prophetic he was being as he said, God is going to be with you because in Matthew chapter one, verse number five, we see what happens. We realize that Salmon is Boaz's father and Boaz, Mary, uh, who was the son of Rahab. Boaz is the father of Obed that he 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 has after he marries Ruth. This girl that he meets and says, it's going to work out for your good because God's with you, they end up falling in love, getting married, and Ruth gives him a a son who becomes Obed, and Obed then gets married and has a son by the name of Jesse, and Jesse gets married and has a whole bunch of children, and there's one by the name of David, and and so Ruth becomes the great-grandmother of King David. Unbelievable, which is super important because... God's working for the ultimate end of the story and that involves bringing... Jesus into the story. Can I go ahead and tell you right now? God's working for your story to bring Jesus right into the middle of of your story as well. And so that you get on track with that. And here's what we find. 27 generations later, we find Joseph all of a sudden is in the middle of a story written 1,100 years before, 27 generations later, and Joseph is about to step into this plan and this story that God's writing, and he's not in a good place. Now, before I read to you Matthew chapter one, verse number 18, I want to tell you that verse 18 and 19 came alive to me this week in a way I'd never seen before. I'm going to try to behave myself, but I promise you I will not because it came alive in me this week. And I want you to get the beauty of something i had never seen in the Christmas story before. Listen to Matthew one and 18. It says, this is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah came about. This is how Jesus, who's of the line from from Ruth, okay, all the way down, 27 generations, and now all of a sudden Jesus is going to be born. Watch this. His mother Mary was pledged or engaged to be married to Joseph. And in their culture, once you were engaged, you were legally bound together. But before they came together, so they've not consummated their marriage, she is found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Uh-oh i tried to explain that one at the christmas gathering i didn't do it yeah right she's found to be pregnant now here's what i'd never seen before blew my mind verse 19 because joseph her husband and many versions say it was a righteous man but listen to what this version says was faithful to the law Because Joseph was faithful to the law. He was a man who observed and and honored the law of God. So what is the law in this moment? The law in this moment says this. I want you to get this. The law in this moment says she has conceived a child by somebody that's not his. So what he has to do is turn her over to judgment. And because sin brings what? Death. So they're going to take her out in the middle of the desert, just outside of town. They're going to dig a hole and bury her halfway in the hole. And then they're all going to pick up stones and they're going to stone her to death because she's under the curse of the law of sin and death. That's what the law says he has to do. The law says you have to let her die. Now, here's what I've never seen before. Yet. He did not want to expose her to public disgrace. Can I translate that for you? He didn't want her to have to die because he was in love with her. He didn't want her under the law of death because he had her under the path of love. And he realizes that here's his plan. Okay, look. I want to do this privately so she's free to go escape and her family can move away in the night and just maybe nobody will catch her. She won't be bound to me. She can end up married. She can end up having a great life. I'm going to, I'm going to do this real privately so that she doesn't get stoned to death because I can't stand to see her die. And, and, but, but, but the law says she has to die. The law says she has to go. But I love her so much, the only thing I can do is let her go into life and escape into because I don't want her out of love to be brought under the curse of the law. And I realized something, that at this moment, Joseph is an image of God. Because watch this. Under the law, when you sin in any way, you have to die. Under the law, God saw his children cursed in their sin. Watch this. But the problem was he loved them too much to let them live under the curse of sin. So Joseph, back to Joseph, had one choice. He either, he either lets her go through all this and she ends up dead or According to the Old Testament law that if she has been found with child, he has the right to marry her. And when he marries her, he is taking on the guilt of impregnating her outside of marriage. Now watch this. He's he's saying that's my child. I'm responsible for this. I take her sin upon myself. And because he takes her sin upon himself, she is then covered by love, and love allows her to live even though she's guilty of being pregnant outside of wedlock. And I realize what that story is. That's the story of our father who said, "I am spotless. I am clean, but my children are covered under the law of sin and death, but I love them too much to let them die that way. So I'll step up into the picture and I will take their sin upon me and I will bind myself to them so I can cover them with love and they can keep living. I'm trying to get somewhere this morning, but just stay with me just a moment. The problem is this. Most of us feel like we just need to stay over here because God couldn't love us. God couldn't love the way we've sinned. God couldn't love the pain we've caused him. God couldn't couldn't get couldn't come back to us even if he wanted to. And God's sitting there saying, you don't understand. I have already covered you on a cross and I covered you with my love and I covered you with my blood. And what did I do? I took your sin and I covered you by marrying myself to you. And guess what? I am Emmanuel. Where you go, I go. What you do, I do. I'm with you. And if you'll let me, I'll cover you and restore you. Amen. Why don't you give that kind of God a praise this morning? Amen. And that's what God does. But the problem is Joseph's not God. And even though he's an image and a type and figure of what God does, Joseph in his humanity he says, I don't know if I can go that far. So Joseph says, I think I'll just divorce her. Listen to me. He said, I will divorce my destiny. Because it's too messy. He didn't know that just in a few days, the miracle was coming. But he was going to divorce his destiny Because it would have been easier than living through the mess. It would have been easier for him just to say, "Huh, I'm going to let her escape, but I didn't write this story. Can I just embellish on this for just a moment? He, It's not in the Scripture, but I imagine him saying, when all the other guys went to the wrong side of Nazareth, I didn't go. I kept myself. I didn't sign in for that. I didn't sign up for this kind of pain. I mean, everybody's whispering my name. Can I tell you, Joseph, he would be whispered about no matter what he did at that moment. But at least maybe he could have gotten by with it somehow over time if he divorced himself from it. Can I tell you? The Holy Spirit sent me with a message today to tell you to stop running. Stop running from your destiny. Pastor Don, you don't understand what I'm going through. No, 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 you don't understand Emmanuel. You don't understand that God is with you. And because He's with you, even though you're in a mess right now, there's a miracle waiting for you. If Joseph had divorced Mary, he would have never known what it was like to throw a ball to God. If Joseph had divorced Mary, he would have never known what it was like to teach God how to do something in a carpentry shop just to watch God flip it around on him. Watch this now. And all of a sudden, Jesus says like that. Good. I got it. And when Jesus. Could you imagine that how intimidating that had to be? You're like, do it like this, Jesus. And Jesus like, "Okay, boom, turns around. and, And Joseph's like, yep, like that. But could you show me how you did that? You see, Joseph went on a journey. See, the problem is most of us have been writing our own story long enough that we've written it all the way down to a tragedy. But God says, I have an epic adventure that I want for you. If you'll stop giving up and stand your ground because God is for you. So, Pastor Don, I keep failing. He has not left you even because of your failure. How do I know if I... If if I'm in the right situation or wrong, that's where we find in verse number 20. It says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Watch this. Because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. You see, the problem is we're not trying to figure out if what we're fighting is the enemy or God trying to get us to a miracle. Sometimes we are fighting. Some you go, but you, I, I love when you talk to me while I'm preaching. <laughs> some of you go, oh, I know exactly who I'm fighting. And you see some relative and you go, I'm fighting the devil itself. But you don't understand God might be using how you respond in the middle of your mess to bring the miracle of salvation to their house. And what you need to figure out is what you're facing conceived of the Holy Spirit or is it conceived of sin? Because here's the problem. Many of us will stay married to what's conceived in sin and will divorce our destiny in a heartbeat because it's too messy going toward a miracle. God sent me with a message to tell you today. You'll never meet the one in the fire. You'll never know the peace of the lion's den. You'll never know how to walk out the other side of a whale until you trust in the Lord who is with you. Now, all the way back to Ruth, 27 generations before. What's this? Ruth is a little girl living in a country called Moab. She grows into a young woman. New kid moves to town. She likes him. He likes her. Before they know it, they're engaged. They're married. Everything's going great. His brother gets married about the same time. Everybody's happy. Everything's going wonderful. And then somehow, Grandpa dies. The mother-in-law becomes hers to take care of. She's taking care of Naomi. Grandpa's dead. And there's Ruth and Orpha is the other sister-in-law, and they're just like pulling with their husbands, and they're trying to help their family through this crisis. And then all we know is somehow that both, both the husbands die at the same time, either a plague or a battle. We don't know. But they both die at the same time. After they both die, Ruth and Orpha are no longer legally bound to Naomi. So Naomi says, don't call me Naomi anymore. My life's been so bad. My story's so sad. Call me Mara, bitter. Watch this now. And she says, I'm going home. It's a 50-mile journey, home. I'm going home. And so she says, I'm going home. Now stay with me. She says, y'all stay here and just have a good life. Both will let girls say, Ruth and Orpha say, we're going with you. So they start walking. Now, this is a math test, okay? We're going 50 miles. They start walking and they get... Twenty-five miles. Where are we on the journey? Some of you are afraid to answer because it's a math test. Halfway there. We get halfway there, and it's interesting because, watch this, at the halfway part, Naomi turns around and says, girls, I appreciate you following me, but you really need to go back because we're halfway there. If you take one more step, you're going to be closer to an unknown destiny than you are to the story you wrote for yourself. Orpha says, you know what? You're right. I'm going home. I'm tired of walking. But Ruth says, and I tell you, and I don't know who I'm speaking to, but somebody needs to know I am speaking of the Holy Spirit right now. It's the decision of the moment that will determine the destiny of your life. Ruth says what you literally, you need to, you need to weigh out every decision you're making. It can happen in a moment. Ruth says, I'm just going to obey the Holy Spirit." I told somebody one day, look, you, what you're about to do is going to determine where you live, how this happens, how this happens, and this happens in your life. You need to be careful what you're about to do. And they later told me with tears streaming down their face, they said, Within seconds of you saying that, I was faced for that decision. Within seconds. I'm telling somebody, you're at a point where you're going to have to make a decision. And I didn't plan for uh, Christmas Sunday to go this way, but I want you to listen to what I'm about to tell you. Ruth says, oh, no, no, no. I can't go back to that story. Well, Go back. Naomi says, go back. You you can have what you've always dreamed of. Marry somebody else. Have the family you want. And Ruth looks at her and says, but you don't understand. I don't know what lies ahead, but I know who I'm walking with. Because where you go, I will go. Your people will be my people. I am flesh of your flesh and bone of your bone. Your God shall be my God. And where you die, that's where they're going to bear me also. Because I don't know what lies ahead. I just know who's walking with me. And as long as I'm walking beside you, Naomi, I'm going to end up in a better place. Because I know who walks with me into the destiny I don't see. And so the minute she takes a step over this, she had no Clue. She was stepping into 27 generations from the son of the most high God. She meets a man who says, whoa, it's obvious God's with you. Can I tell you why it was obvious that God was with her? God was with her because she wasn't walking in her own destiny, but she had married herself to another destiny that God had for her. And instead of divorcing it and going back, she stood her ground and she said, you can count on me. Where you go, I'll go. I'll be, can I just preach it this way for a moment? I don't care where my life is. I'm still going to worship. I'm still going to go to church. I'm still going to seek God because I'm walking with God. And as long as he's with me, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep pressing. And there's a destiny in store for you. Why don't you give God that kind of praise? Amen. Amen. There's a destiny in store. Keep walking. Come here, Sam, Michelle, real fast. Come here, Sam. Act younger, run. (laughs) They're the same age as me, a little bit younger, so they're good, I can pick on them. All right, watch this. You've been through a lot. You've been through years of ups and downs and scars and wounds. You're not supposed to preach up here. Are you preaching for them? Are you preaching because who called you? You see, what keeps them here, when other people are laid at home going, Oh, God, I, sh- I went through something. As they know who's with them. And I know this man has never let you down a day in his life. <laughs> She's like, Pastor, you're meddling now. <laughs> and it would have been easier for y'all to call it quits. But you're about to welcome a beautiful granddaughter who will be raised by a worshiper. Because you kept walking, because you didn't walk along, you keep going. So what I'm trying to tell you is this seems so far out there, but it's really practical. Don't divorce your destiny because you don't like where your story's going. What matters is who's with you. And you may have to go down a journey you don't want to go down sometimes. And now many people don't understand that you don't know the story that I know with these guys what they've been through and the and the rise and fall of pains in their lives. But this I do know, I can tell you that God has been faithful even when they questioned His faithfulness. He was working for their good and He was opening doors. They couldn't open. I feel the Holy Spirit. They couldn't open themselves. And when they had opened the wrong door, He was closing wrong doors and moving them into right places. Why? Because it was who was willing With them on the journey that has brought them to this place and they shall see thou this grandchild worship as well why because of who is with them instead of teaching them to be bitter at God they're going to teach a child how to worship the king who brought them through to that place are you following me are you understanding what I'm trying to tell you keep walking keep pressing no matter how deep your pain and thank you guys because I don't care who walked out on you who did you wrong who stole from you who lied about you who cheated you in life. Plant your feet and realize that they may come and they may go. But where you go, I will go. I am flesh of your flesh and bone of your bones. And Lord, I will live with you for all eternity because God is with us. God is with, do you understand the beauty of this moment? I have divorced too many things too early because I forgot I'm not alone. But today I've been sent with a simple message. You are not alone. You are not forsaken. Plant your feet. Keep yourself grounded in the things of God and destiny belongs to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Why don't you stand to your feet and give that kind of God a praise today? Hallelujah. Come on, give him a praise like he deserves. Now you see why I had to stay out there and singing today. I, I preached my heart out. Fourth time I preached this sermon. Alright, bow your heads with me in this place. God is good, and His mercy endures forever.